From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Nudists, some of them, love mac and cheese. Wait, what? What is even going on anymore? It's just so infuriating every time we do these. Let me go get a glass of milk, some of my chocolate chip cookies, and good old supermarket sweep. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Big day around Vegas. We got game six coming up. Golden Knights on the road. Taking on the wild. Got to close it out tonight. Well, they don't have to, but game seven would be pressure packed. Pressure packed. You can watch game six with one of the voices of Vegas Golden Knights hockey. Ryan, the hockey guy, Ryan Wallace, Fox Sports Las Vegas, is doing his on-air work and hanging out with you guys at Aliante today uh, inside the Salted Lime. Happy hour's going down right now. $2 on the Soul, $4 margaritas, 5 bucks for the Mexican mules, but a great spot. Aliante Casino is a part of Boyd Gaming, and Boyd Gaming is the official home for Lotus Broadcasting for all these Vegas Golden Knights games. So go hang out with Ryan, the hockey guy. He's there now at the Aliante. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Boy, it is rough times on the home front for the Cofield and Company crew. Yesterday, I was talking to Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans about a, a refi in the house so I could pay off cat hospital bills. I mean, it's <laughs> oof, it's rough on me. Uh, Ari, we've talked about it every day. He doesn't have the microwave now. He's, he's struggling. He's losing weight. I just intro to a brand new microwave s'mores maker. He can't use that because he doesn't have a microwave. And now I find out that Adam Hill last night went through the worst of the worst. The man is not an outdoorsman. And I hear that you had no power for how long in so high? I mean, it felt like about three, four months. <laughs> I think it was I think it was like an hour and a half. Oh my god. And you broke down? I mean I was ready to just get in the car and start driving as far as I could. <laughs> just just, I was like, I'll, I'm done. I'll, I'll turn back when I get confirmation the power is back on. What's the yeah, problem? Why can't you survive without the power? Uh, multiple things. First, uh, I, well, okay. The the actual logistical issue in my mind was it was the 4.30 or so when it went out. And I had just like, plugged my phone in to try to go to bed because uh, I was going to bed early. Uh, because the Raiders were practicing this morning, so I was getting to bed around four thirty. You're going to bed and, early, yeah. And I was like, I was thinking in my head, okay, what if my phone dies because it can't charge? Like, how long is the power going to be out? And then my alarm doesn't go off because it's on my phone. So that Man, was kind of a such, pan- that was kind of a such panic. A big day too. Such a big day. You've been you've been talking about this. Uh, Raiders availability for for weeks. I can't believe you kept it a secret. Wow, True. you were excited. I know you were. Uh, yeah, but also like, I, and listen, it sounds whiny and it, whatever. It kind of is. It got hot real quick. Oh yeah, it got hot real quick. Yeah, folks, li- listen. I know it's only ninety minutes. Folks out there have to understand. Um, we're both a bit beefy. We run sure. hot. 
We run hot, and it gets hot real quick when there's no AC. We need to be comfortable, okay? And now I'm not like I'm not going on the road and asking people to turn their AC down to 68, as a member of the company once did when visiting my house because he was very very testy. But we're we need it cool. It starts getting hot, and you're trying to sleep. Look out! I mean, I think first of all, I think people that sleep in like warm weather are psychopaths. A little bit. Um, I, I mean, I think that's that's accurate. Um, but I, I also feel like, yes, it does have to be, like, obviously, you know, we like it cooler, bigger dudes, you know, you want cooler temperature, but I think anybody sleep, trying to sleep at 90 degrees in a house is kind of, like, I think it's warm for anybody. But it, it sucked. Absolutely <laughs> sucked. And, like, I, you know, I have a weird thing. I can't fall asleep without some sort of, you know, like a podcast or a TV show or something has to be going on and otherwise i'll never fall asleep and so i I was panicking so i'm like okay do i can i throw a podcast on my phone because i wasn't going to try to watch videos on my phone or like youtube or anything because it was going to drain too much battery but i think i was sitting at like 21 percent oh so i was like if i try to throw a podcast on it doesn't use as much battery but then will it will it die so that i can't get my alarm like, I don't know. And as I'm sitting there, like, contemplating it, like, around 6 a.m., it popped back on. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Number four. Ari's like, we got to move on, man. Movers and shakers. You know, I was talking earlier in the show about how uh, June 1st and these OTAs before June 1st, this all extends the NFL season, the NFL stories. Like, NFL is freaking year-round. But I do have to tell you, there are scouts out there who are like, Man, I'm an anonymous scout, and I like to give info. And now that the draft is gone, I don't know who to talk to. I actually think I think another member of the media turned to an NFL scout. Did you see this one? Headline, quote, unathletic alligator with terrible arthritis located after escaping Wisconsin Zoo. What is this? I mean, I, why first we, of all, why are, we, why are we getting on the alligator like he's a freaking draft prospect? I mean, I feel like it's just mean. It, it is a little overboard. Well, it's also, like, it's mean to the alligator, of course. Like, you're taking shots at the unathletic, you know, uh, arthritic old alligator. But, like, aren't you also taking a shot at the zookeeper? Yeah, a little bit. The coach, essentially the coach. Yeah, the coach who, who, you know, if you can't corral an arthritic, unathletic alligator, what are you going to do with, like, the, you know, the cheetah? Oh, I thought you were getting on, I thought you were getting on the zookeeper for letting the alligator turn unathletic, even with the terrible arthritis. No, I'm, I'm saying more, because that could be a natural, like you could have an alligator that just isn't born with much power or speed. You could just be like a kind of a clumsy, pathetic alligator. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily on the zookeeper. I think it's more, hey, if this thing is so pathetic, how is it getting out? Would you, if you knew a, a, an alligator was unathletic and had terrible arthritis, would you go chip a wayward ball, like next to a green at a like say a Florida, Wisconsin could have, you know a nice Wisconsin golf course? If you they're like that alligator sucks, it can't move. You're safe, so no. you can be within ten feet of it. You're fine. No, first He's of not all, for, no, I'm definitely not because for, my first question is what is unathletic? Like if a what can a normal alligator run? Like 20, 20, 30 miles an hour? I have no idea how fast it can run. Right. So, like, how much slower is this alligator than that one? And then you then you find out, like, oh, yeah, unathletic means the uh, the alligator can only run, like, 23 and a half miles an hour. Remember, right. 
remember that uh, that one of the fastest receivers in the National Football League. Just uh, we just saw him last football season running like twenty two point six miles an hour. So we need to know what an athletic alligator really means. Right. I mean, is it is it the difference like between like me and Tyreek Hill? Yes. Like, is that the difference, or is it like you know Tyreek Hill to like you know a linebacker? Like, uh, okay, that, that's not, like, unathletic. It's just unathletic compared to other alligators. I have a lot of questions before I'd feel safe getting around this. I just also – I don't feel like you need unathletic in the title, in the headline of the no. story, to just take shots at this poor alligator. Ari? Alligators can run up to 35 miles per hour what on the, land. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? And 20, you can have an unathletic an alligator that runs, like, 23 miles an hour, which is faster than most NFL players. In the water is 20, which is weird. Or I guess that uh, makes sense. Adam – you, you should know there's also a question about the picture. There are some people who don't believe the picture on the story. All right, if we can tweet this out at ESPN Las Vegas, very important alligator yeah. talk here on the Big Five. I, that someone actually said there's no way this alligator is unathletic and arthritic. It's it's way too thin. It looks like it's in great shape. Yeah, I didn't think that the picture was of the alligator. Okay. Not the actual alligator. Just that was a that was stock alligator photo. Yeah, I think that's a file photo. I don't think then they can't have a picture of it. I mean, they could have taken it from captivity, I guess. Uh, they could have had one saved over. But I thought this was like I don't think it's important to take a picture of the proper alligator. I do if you're going to have that headline. But I'd much more you know rather see a video. Like I need video of this thing to see see just how unathletic it is. I mean, are we saying like, hey, he's he's still really fast. He just he can't. You know, his vertical is only like, you know, seven feet instead of 12. Like, okay. Like, I mean, th- that's, that's still terrifying. Number three. The Lakers are still terrifying. When they're playing well, they're damn good. LeBron James, after the game last night, was talking about Schroeder and Drummond. Drummond was especially good. Dennis was in attack mode from the very beginning. He lived in the paint. And when they sagged off on me, he hit his shots, you know, from the perimeter as well, both from the three and from the mid range. But he just stayed in attack mode. And I thought Big Dre was uh, was amazing in the minutes he had, you know, both uh, on, the, on the offense rebounding from the beginning of the game, you know, to find his ways offensively for dump downs, for, um, you know, just you know, got the ball in the post a couple of times, made some great moves. He was very decisive with his play tonight. You know, and uh, I think this is what his sixth playoff game or maybe six or seven that he's had in his career. So, you know, I think he's going to continue to get better and better. But, you know, we needed that effort out of both of them. Andre Drummond, 15 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, you know, people get on the Lakers for going too big. Not enough spacing out there. But uh, Anthony Davis also pitched in 34 points, 10 rebounds, 18 to 21 from the line. And LeBron talked about Anthony Davis getting more involved. Getting the ball early, often, and always. It's that simple. He responds to uh, games like game one. You know, he's not a guy who talks about it. He's about it. You know, and he goes out and do it. So, you know, give him the ball early, often, and always. Okay. Well, how do they forget that sometimes? <laughs> and how, or is it more NAD? Well, the games where AD isn't involved, what the hell's going on, Adam? Um, I don't know. I, I think they have a very unathletic and arthritic front line. Is that the problem? The Lakers. Yeah, I think so. Is that the description now for LeBron? He's uh, Believe me, if anyone said he was unathletic, he had another alley-oop last night where I was like, yeah, that's about right. Uh, yeah. 36 years old, he looks like he's 21 still. Ridiculous. Yeah, and, and I think it is fair. I mean, I think AD has to, has to be a little bit more assertive uh, for sure. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that it's on his teammates in a lot of cases to get, get him more involved, get the ball early, get it often. And uh, as LeBron said, get it always and, and get him uh, into a rhythm. It's, it's the most important thing on the team because it opens up so many things for so many other players. Uh, throughout the course of the game that you just have to get him going. You have to make him a threat. And I thought they did a pretty good job of that. 
LeBron talked about the importance of uh, now getting a chance to play in front of fans. Obviously, this is a different situation, but um, it, it felt like it. It felt like a playoff game. So us just coming home, you know, um, you know, one one, even out even out the series, and, and actually playing a, a, a real playoff game, as they would say, obviously because it's the first round and for the first time in what eight years. It's gonna be pretty special for our fans, and, and to just have our fans in the building to, to make them proud. And um, you know, that's what I came here for to be able to play a playoff game in front of the Laker faithful. Man, I know, I know it's uh, it's not easy to forget, but you do forget about certain things during the pandemic, and that comment right there hits you like, oh, that's right. The return of the playoffs actually did not include Lakers fans in Staples getting to root on their guys because the whole thing was in a freaking bubble. All right, is this over? Is this over? Listen to Shannon Sharp as he just starts going off on the Suns and especially uh, CP3, C3, what you, C3PO, what? <laughs> CP3, C3PO, it yep. doesn't matter. Star Wars and Luke Skywalker and right Chris's Leia, bring them on. That's who he is. Lakers in five. Yep. <laughs> I, I already called it in five, so thank you for co-signing. Chris Paul, Logan yep. Paul, Jake mm-hmm. Paul, yep. any other Paul. There you go. Uh, on all these shows, once someone gets on a roll, shut up. On the Shannon Sharp show, I know Skip makes a lot of money. Get out of his way when he's going C3PO. He's on a freaking roll. Is that, too, is that too harsh on Chris Paul? Well, Chris Paul's hurt. Yeah, he doesn't look good. No, it's pretty clear that he's hurt. Uh, I don't think that's the first question. I, I, I did think one of the more interesting things that come out of the postgame interviews was, you know, AD was asked what LeBron said to him. Like, hey, what did LeBron say to fire you up? And he answered the question very well and very composed, you know, very composed and poised. But I did think it was interesting that he was like, nothing. Like, LeBron doesn't have to say anything to me. I'm the second best player in the league. Right. I understand I had a, you know, I understand I had a be- uh, a bad game. I'm going to bounce back. He's like, you know, LeBron doesn't need to text me in the morning and be like, "Hey, you got this, buddy." He, he, it was it was not offended, but there was like a little bit to it of like, you know, who do you think I am that Le- like LeBron has to, you know, everything I do good it's cuz LeBron told me to do it. Like Please I, tell I, me. I am a Yeah, keep going. No, it's like I am a talented player. Like I I don't it's not all about being LeBron. It's not LeBron and friends. Please tell me that was not Cassidy Hubbard on the interview. It wasn't. It was a guy, I think. Whew. Thank God. She's. she's I'm sure she's still fr- feeling the freaking sting of Mike Malone getting after her. Top she's two like, stories. Number two. Fired again? Number two. I met Adam. She, she called him Tony. Well, she wasn't on the interview, so she didn't. But I, you're right. We're into the, the full name versus the short name thing, so appreciate yeah. that. Uh, I don't know how we can get on a guy who had 41 points for the Clippers, but the Clippers freaking lose. Hey, Kawhi Leonard is a leader, so I, I can get on him. I, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, you were just talking about you know motivating teammates. I don't know whose responsibility it is. I, I thought Doc Rivers was a good motivator. They ran him out of town, so someone's got to motivate the other guys to step up. So great that PG-13... And Kawhi had 69 combined, but uh, myself, like Stephen A. Stephen A. went freaking just crazy this morning. And, uh, you know, in spite of the fact that he keeps saying, like, I really like Kawhi, but he, he really lays into him here. Ain't nobody questioning the greatness of Kawhi Leonard. A matter of fact, I'm asking for significant validation on both ends of the floor. Luka Doncic is the best player in this series. Period. 22 years old, second time in the playoffs, and busting their living, you know what? He gave it to you in the bubble. He put you on notice that he was there. Did you see the disrespect? 
respect that he showed to the Clippers. That, um, he, he cussing them out in Slovenia. Uh, Slovenia, Slovenia, Slovenia. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he's doing. These Slovenia, are European languages. I mean, it's a European language. None of us I mean, know. There you go. Thanks, Molly, for breaking that up. Appreciate that. Clarification. Slovenian. Yeah, this is this is kind of a joke. It really is. Clippers, I guess, didn't fear Luka, and now he's killing them. They have no way to stop him. He went out for 39-7-7 last night, and Stephen A. kept going on about Kawhi Leonard and, like, whose responsibility is it to stop Luka and also get the rest of the team freaking fired up in the series? I understand he ended the game with 41, but when it really, really counted, where the hell was he? Couldn't be found. But you could find Luca, and I don't want to hear anything about Paul George. Paul George shot 54% from the field, even though it was just one for seven from three-point range. Last time I checked, he's the second option. He did drop 28, okay? He showed up. Kawhi Leonard is the one with the crown dangling from his mirror. Kawhi Leonard was the one with the New Balance commercials in his convertible. Kawhi Leonard was the one that said, yo, King James, it's a new king in town. Too much? Too much levied at Kawhi Leonard when he had 41 points? Well, did he say that? I don't think he did. Um, But, yeah, I I don't know if it's too much. I, I do know that Kawhi has struggled with Luka defensively. Uh, they didn't do that a whole lot in game one, and they were really pressed on it. And they said, "Hey, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be quiet in game two. It really wasn't all the way, but there definitely was some serious possession time that had that defensive matchup. Like the Clippers' problem is clearly defensively in the series. Uh, they don't have an answer uh, for a lot of what uh, the Mavs want to do, and especially when Luca is playing the way that he's playing right now on the high screen and roll, and you're you're able to isolate and just keep." Uh, the screener and the ball handler up top, and one of them is Luca. It's almost impossible to stop right now. And and I don't know what adjustments that you make, what you do to start to stop it. But man, they are they're in trouble if they can't do anything about it. If the, if the the A's offense con- continues to click at that level, that's that's trouble. Number one, it's go time. It's go time. Game six, Golden Knights on the road against the Wild. They seem to have solved the issues on the road, Adam. Yeah. Will they roll tonight in front of 4,500 fans in St. Paul? I feel like yes. <laughs> but I know, that I know that doesn't sound confident. Um, yeah. I really thought that, that they had – you know, the game's in their control to the point where game five was going to be the game. You know, we talked about the, the Colorado series. I was looking at flights. Um, I, I thought the series was going to be over. Uh, Minnesota came back. They won the game, even though I thought the Golden Knights outplayed them. Uh, that was mostly just a goaltender victory for Minnesota. Um, so I, I feel like if the Knights just played their same game again, that they would win. But... It doesn't. You don't have to go back a whole long way to see when the Wild were able to win despite being outplayed. It happened Monday, right? So I, I do think the Golden Knights are going to be the better team tonight. I think they're going to outplay the Wild. Doesn't mean you're going to win, and and that's kind of been the missing ingredient. Like they they have not been able to score enough goals to consistently win. They've been winning with their defense for the most part the last month or so here in the postseason. I I just I. Until I see them actually put pucks in the net, it's going to be hard to believe that they're going to score enough goals here. 
Up next, we'll find out uh, if there's anything to make out of Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard leaving Morning Skate at the same time. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. So, Adam, what was the deal with Flurry and Leonard? As they got off the ice this morning, what does that mean? We see Robin Leonard in a shocking move. I don't think so. I think I mean it sounds like it wasn't like they, you know, it's not like they did it on purpose like to, for the media or anything like that. It sounds like Flurry started skating and then Leonard skated right after him. They left at the same time, but Flurry was slightly ahead. So I think it's more, you know, usually Flurry will, or excuse me, usually the backup will stay longer. Uh, whoever's not playing that night uh, just get a little bit of extra work in a little bit more warm up in case they, you know, are called upon to kind of stay fresh and uh, help some of the other guys that are scratches uh, kind of, you know, practice a little bit too. Uh, but it sounds like instead of, you know, waiting, you know, five minutes or so, as soon as he saw a flurry go off, Leonard has followed. I, I feel that's what happened. So it means nothing. Not really. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's flurry's game. I would imagine. I think that's how they're going to play it. Uh, I would like to see them not waste any of that money and maybe just play both of them uh, like at the well, same time. I, I know this has been your angle forever. I, I Early in the show, Adam wasn't around, but I was you know, I was saying I, I wouldn't be like annoyed or upset if Leonard played because uh, the rotation did work during the year. Uh, it's a risk by DeBoer, but it worked during the year. And part of the reason it worked during the year is that Fleury got some rest. Uh, and it's not you know crazy to say, hey, you know what, Fleury maybe looked a little tired. At times in the last game, he didn't have his best game. It was good. It was very good. Um, so, you know, if Pete DeBoer has the ultimate power and he wants to make a bold move, I wouldn't kill him for throwing Leonard out there. And if they lost because Leonard was out there, I, I still wouldn't kill him. Uh, but I know, you know, I know the way fans would react. They would they would freaking I'm, flip out. I'm going to argue with you on two things. And you know my feelings. Like, I, I think Leonard should be the goalie and Flurry should be the backup. But um, I thought they should start Flurry in the series because he just played so well and they should give it to him. I'll disagree with you on two things. Flurry did not play well last game. Didn't look – there was no stretch where he played well. Uh, he wasn't good last game. Flurry was the reason, in my mind, the biggest reason they lost that game. Now, there's many other reasons. You could have scored goals. You could have taken advantage of your chances. Fine. But I thought the biggest difference in the game was Flurry was outplayed in the goal. Uh, so, I, I don't think there was any I, – I think it would be kind of a good time maybe to say, okay, well, you had your chance. You were unbelievable the first four games. You were bad in game five. Now it's Leonard's turn. But right. you also now have not played Leonard in like two weeks. Uh, so he's he has not seen a competitive shot in that long. Uh, you're going to throw him out there in the road, on the road. And I know that they played well there early in the series, but this is a place that they played awfully for you know the better part of three seasons. You're going to throw him in there on the road. And let's say even he, let's say even he plays well. Let's say he plays really well and they lose one nothing in this game. What on earth are you doing in Game Seven? I mean, I would imagine you'd go, you'd go back to Flurry, right? But now, if you're in that, if uh, you know, Game Seven, it's a winner take all situation, and like the the anger and the craziness over, you know, taking Game Six and starting Leonard would be unbelievable. Like, I, I think you put yourself in a bad position by starting out, and like uh, again, I think you were going to go with Flurry until he lost the job, and he didn't for you know for four games. He was unbelievable. 
But now you're in a spot where it makes it really tough to go back. I I, I think you have to play Flurry, uh, but it's a it's a really tough decision now because you're right. They could have gone with what they did all year and, and rotated them game by game in this series, and it would have been tough to argue with whatever the outcome was because you played them the way that uh, you did all season, and it got you to a tie for the best point total in the league. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Puck drop, a little over 30 minutes. It's over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, our sister station. That's 1340-989. FM, if you're looking for a great place to watch the game tonight, any of the Boyd Gaming properties are tremendous. Ryan, the hockey guy over on Fox, is hanging out at the Aliante inside Salted Lime, and happy hour still going on. So go hang out with Ryan this evening and watch this uh, very vital game six. Get the hell out of this series. Let's go. Move on to the Avs. Finish off the Wild. Let's get this thing over with. Do we see any sort of changes with Shea Theodore tonight to get him going? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what to do. Like, you know, what we talked about is is how they're defending him. And essentially what they're, you know, the counter, like the most obvious counter would be, you know, just passing more, uh, which is what he has to do. Like, they're essentially making it so somebody else has to beat them. They're taking him out. So it would be, you know, they're not they're not double teaming him necessarily, but they're skating really hard. They're closing out on him. Um, the choices would be either, you know, fake the shot and go and try to take the puck to the net. But then you're then you're pitching down to a point where you could allow rushes the other way. So you'd have to rotate forwards out there to cover where he was. Um, I mean, I feel like the the most logical thing to do would be try to pass around what they're doing. Uh, but it's like, you know, it's like an NBA game where they just decide to double team somebody. You know, what's the right thing to do? I mean, do you do you adjust and try to say, hey, you're going to have to beat this double team? Or do you say, okay, well, they're going to take you out, but you have to find other ways to get other people involved and let them uh, do the work since they're going to take you out of the game. Just kind of accept the double team uh, and and figure it out that way. Like, I, I don't know what the proper thing to do. I don't know what their strategy is going to be. To me, you know, get him the puck enough to put the pressure on the defense to continue to come after him and then kind of take advantage of their aggression against them, I, I think would be the – the, the best way to go about it, but that's obviously much easier said than done. You know, I forgot to mention one more thing on the, the goalie deal with uh, Flurry and Leonard. And, you know, you would think Flurry's going to play tonight. Maybe a shocker, Leonard goes out there. I feel like you've been just laying in the weeds. If this doesn't work and they don't win a Stanley Cup, are you going to rise up and go, especially if they do it because they can't score enough, right? Which, you know, if you lose hockey games generally, <laughs> you can't score enough. But they've had these scoring droughts. If they can't score enough, are you going to jump up after they fall short and go, man, that money, imagine what that could have done in terms of bolstering the offense a little bit or getting, you know, whatever. It could be a defenseman. Whatever helps you score more. I mean, do I have to stand up and say it? I've been saying it all year. Like It's not It's not like it would be, you know, second-guessing or anything like that. Like I, Right. No, I, I, I know you've been doing it. I know you've been doing it, but it will, it'll be a golden opportunity if they fall short for you to jump up and go, they could have done – all of this with one goalie, but maybe with some extra players, instead of spending it on the second goalie, they would be scoring more. 
and I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you exactly what it's going to be, Steve. Like, it, it's so obvious. Like, I don't think they're going to lose the series. I still think they're going to win tonight, uh, put yeah. it away. I do think they'll lose the Avalanche, but, hey, they, they have a chance to win that. And, by the way, if they get by the Avalanche, all of a sudden your biggest competition's out, and you've got a pretty good path to potentially go try to win a Stanley Cup. So it's it's not like they're not going to win. Like, they don't have a chance to win. I think they, they very much have a chance to win uh, and go forward. But I'll, I will tell you, if the downfall of this team is not scoring enough goals, and that seems to be what it's been in the first round, even though they're surviving, if that happens again in the next round and they can't score goals and say Max Pacioretty isn't playing, uh, that's what will be pointed to. Like, everybody will point and say, well, they could have scored more goals if they had Max Pacioretty. And my response will be, or if they had more depth. That's the whole point. Like, you could have spent more money on offensive players, on depth players, on other guys that can step up and score if somebody was hurt. That's the that's the problem of spending all this money on goaltending. And that's what we've been saying all year long. So, again, like, yeah, you, you know, it'll be talked about, it'll be discussed, and I will certainly, you know, be one of the first ones saying it. But, you know, it, it's what has been said all year. And it, it was masked by the fact that they had such a good regular season. But to, having two goalies helps you in the regular season. It doesn't help you in the postseason. Right. Uh, our morning host, Ed Graney, just tweeted out, Marc-Andre Fleury leads VGK out for game six. Um, your boy Dave Shane said uh, Ryan Reeves is not taking warm-ups for the Golden Knights. Ooh, interesting. Whatever that means. That means he's not so, playing. You were actually not, and we'll get you more VGK updates here in uh, inside of 10 minutes. You actually were not all over the Golden Knights beat today because it was the first chance for the media to be around the Raiders, and there were a lot of pictures, a lot of comments. 84 of 89 players showed up. Uh, my count was 83. Okay. But I think the point is, yeah, after – you know, the the infamous statement that they're not going to be showing up uh, to have 83 or 84, however you want to, you know, cl- however you want to quantify that, uh, I think is kind of a surprise. I saw some media members who were pointing out who wasn't there and they were quick to almost apologize. Like, it's May. It's May. I'm not saying anything. It's May. Uh, <laughs> where where are the other guys? Why aren't they there? It's a good question. Um, from what I understand, now this is, you know, not not necessarily, you know, things that I could put in the paper, but I can tell you that this, the speculation that I've been hearing is that there was, of the six that were not there, right? three were in the building. They just weren't oh, okay. out of the practice field. So and no three, Jacobs, three were not. no Jacobs, no Derek Carrier, no Unique Ngakwe, no Quentin Jefferson, uh, no Devon Diablo, but apparently he's not signed yet. Well, a couple, but guys were participating that haven't signed. Okay. Like Trayvon Beck hasn't signed yet. He was he was out there. Oh wow! So you think almost everyone actually was at the facility? Uh, yeah, I don't think Jacobs was there. I don't think Ngakwe was there. Um, and I don't think Jefferson was there. Okay. All right. Because I thought it was interesting. Uh, Richie Incognito was talking about why why go to voluntary OTAs and why he came to voluntary OTAs. He says, uh, "quote It's a competitive advantage to be working right now." To be here working right now, we're a young team learning a new defense offense. We're sharpening our tools. Yeah, I don't buy that, but but I I, I mean I do buy it to, I do buy it to an extent. So uh, right. reason number one that they're there is because of the Broncos. Like that's why the Broncos players uh, decided to you know work out off campus. They weren't going to go in. 
they get hurt and it sends a message to the whole league. Hey, if you're going to be working out, you better do it at the facility so that, you know, you have more protections if something goes wrong. So I think the Broncos in their situation uh, with two players getting hurt and getting cut because they were working out off facility uh, was a huge red flag to a lot of guys that may otherwise have been sympathetic to the union cause and not showed up. Uh, but the other one is, and this is where what Incognito is saying is true. Like, do I believe that a bunch of players around the league from every team jumped up and said, you know what? It's a it's a competitive advantage to be in the building. I want to get better. I want to work harder. I'm going to go in there. No, I don't believe that. But I do believe, and we talked about this at the time when all these things were happening, like, yeah, if every team decides we're not going and we're going to take a stance and we're going to try to make it better for the future and we're going to try to have more offseason, uh, less stress on the body, we're all together, we're all going to band together and do this, um, then it's fine. But if two or three or four or five teams are like, no, nah, we're good, we're working, everybody else is coming to work too. Coming up next in the grab bag, we got a little more from uh, Raiders camp today. We'll also get you updated on uh, Pacioretty, Nosick, and McNabb. The show never ends. Watch the Cofield and Company late night pod tonight at 9 o'clock on YouTube or at Steve Cofield on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it, don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. NHL updates, uh, third, two minutes left. Islanders, chance to close out the series against the Penguins. It's 5-3. to three. End of the first, Tampa's up one nothing on Florida. Lightning hold a 3-2 lead in that one. And, of course, your Vegas Golden Knights coming up here at 6 o'clock. A little after 6, over on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 1340 and 98.9 FM. Wild trying to keep the series alive. Uh, NBA, Adam, late, 16-point lead. That's not that late, actually. 90 seconds left in the third. Philly's up 16 on Washington. Atlanta just turned a close game into a, uh, not a blowout yet, but 57-44 at the half. The Hawks lead it. Uh, I guess the tray is balding. Trey is balding. That chant is not affecting Trey Young and the Hawks. No, he's playing just fine. And uh, I got some good commentary from Coach Joe on Instagram watching the game. Yeah, Coach Joe was on with us earlier, and now he's up on Instagram. He's very frustrated about uh, Trey Young, who went freaking crazy at the end of the half. He's got 20 at the break. I saw some uh, non-New York market folks commenting on the fact that they actually handed out a, like a sheet that had the chant, Trey is balding. <laughs> right. And uh, one of our buddies in Houston, Patrick, said, this is so weak. If fans aren't already cheering their asses off, then they suck. If they have to be told something dumb to chant, they really suck. First of all, it's not something dumb to chant. And I'll, I'll reserve my comments on Patrick. I think sometimes we, we talk tough on Twitter. But I did see a video where Patrick's co-host stood over him challenging him to a fight and he just sat there so you're saying it's tough to just sit there and not fight back or it's tough to no i just think talking tough on the internet is a lot different than when you're faced with you know for an example i if he stood stood in front of a decent sized new york knicks fan 
and said, you're stupid, I, I'm not sure what would happen. Might not go well for him. Back sure. in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, this means very little to everyone else, but I, uh, since I'm old I, and I like college basketball, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, Dick Weiss, I uh, just saw him retweet something. He's a longtime college basketball writer. He, uh, he retweeted the top 50 recruits from in uh, high school from 1986. Wow. Number one player in the country, J.R. Reed. Number two, Terry Mills. Wow. Okay. Number four, Ramil Robinson. My guy. Okay. That's, that's good. About that? I, number, I, you know what's funny five, is that I didn't, by the way, I didn't. By the way, number five should have also been a guy who went to Michigan. But uh, if you think Jim Beheim recruits creatively now, you can only imagine what he was doing in 1986. So somehow out of Detroit, Derek Coleman landed at Syracuse. Yeah, that was the one that got away. I actually didn't remember. I did not remember Ramiel Robinson being that high of a recruit, but I will also tell you that I was too young to follow recruiting at that time. I definitely was not paying that much attention. Yeah, Syracuse got four top 50 guys in that that class. They got Derek Coleman. Now I'm just skipping over. Oh, uh, Earl Duncan, Keith Hughes, who actually wound up at another school, led that school to the NCAA tournament. And uh, now I'm missing on the fourth guy, but whatever. Um, Best player? This was a decent group in 86. Nick Anderson was 15th. He turned out to be a pretty good player. Right? Not bad. Oh, you know, the other other Syracuse player was Stevie Thompson, whose uh, whose son just finished playing at, uh, what was it, Oregon State? Right, was a, a great senior at Oregon State. So always interesting looking back, seeing who turned out to be great players, good players, non-players. Uh, Lionel Simmons, who went on to the NBA, was the forty-fourth uh, ranked player. Back in there, stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, news earlier today that we talked about with Joe Esposito. Uh, guys keep leaving Arizona State. Like guys keep leaving the Arizona State college basketball program who haven't even gotten there yet. They got a high-profile transfer, AJ Brahma. Well, he decommitted. Just so happens that Reno moved on from a guy named uh, Addison Patterson from Oregon. I think the second choice for this AJ Brahma after Arizona State was Reno. So I have a feeling we have some comings and goings here, and uh, Reno may be adding some more talent. Yeah, because I think the orig- the initial reaction from people is, "Wow, that's a big loss for them." But if it's because they're bringing in somebody else to that spot, not so much of a loss. Stick your hand in there, Dave. A few more Raiders notes today from camp. Uh, Richie Incognito was quoted as saying about Alex Leatherwood, quote, he's picking up what Coach Cable's putting down. What? <laughs> uh, it's a weird a time. Fan? Is he a wrestling Is uh, Incognito a wrestling fan? I mean, have you seen him? He's an old Dan Feeney, the uh, Jet, the Jets, the Jets' new offensive line with his mullet. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, first of all, I will tell you this from from viewing you know offensive line drills. Uh, that's kind of where I was closest to today uh, on the practice field. Um, first of all, it did look like Leatherwood is slotted in at that number one spot uh, with Denzel Good uh, and Andre James at center. Um, so pretty interesting lineup. I think that's what we kind of expected, but just to solidify things there. Uh, but Tom Cable has one pupil. Like, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It was Tom Cable is Alex Leatherwood's offensive line coach. 
Wow. Which is, I mean, listen, it's his first practice. Makes sense. They've got a lot invested in him. Uh, this was a Tom Cable project from day one is what we were kind of told. So all of that makes sense. But it seemed like it it was his duty today to just stand with Leatherwood, you know, get him right on all these drills that they wanted him to do, make sure his technique was there, and just kind of, you know, spend time with him. That was his job. And we'll see how much that changes as it, you know, gets closer to training camp and the regular season. But uh, that's, uh, that's basically his only job right now. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Was the biggest news of the day a pronunciation or a spelling note with Merrig? I mean, to some people, not to me. Um, Trevon Merrig, who some people still go Morig. Uh, I talked to his high school coach. It's In his mind, it's Merrig. Um, but, yeah, apparently the apostrophe in the middle of the name is the proper way to go. Okay, that's spelling. So then pronunciation. Well, I think I think if well, I think that does change the pronunciation, right? Like it could be I guess it does it could be either way. Man, you you you're at camp. We need the answers. He didn't speak. People uh, people and, went, and you know, people went off the roster. It's always and it's always a nightmare if you start to ask people from the organization cuz they don't know. Cuz you well, you can remember a couple of years ago with Marvin Menzies and UNLV, we still don't know if it was Ben Coupet or Ben Coupe. Steve, it, it, there's more glaring examples right now when we talk about the Golden Knights. You know, I mean, we've heard, we've seen this before, wow. right, with with different players. Wow. I literally, when when Nick Wah came to the Golden Knights, I posted a video and said, "Well, anybody wondering about the pronunciation, here's the pronunciation." I tweeted a video of Nick Wah saying, "You say you say my name, Nick Roy," and then he told me. Hey, I saw the video you tweeted. It's actually wah. And I said, I was a video of you saying it. He was taken out of contact. What he said was, you know what? I just kind of came to accept that people just said Roy. So I went with it, but it's actually wah. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Now that I'm in the NHL, like, okay, like what a disaster. Like we, I guess it's impossible to know. Well, such exasperation towards the end of the show. Are because you Because okay? it's important. No, it's important to get it right. I feel I feel like it's respectful and important to make sure you get it right. But if you like when you get disagreed with for posting a video of the actual person saying their name wrong, I don't know what to do anymore. Stick your hand in there, Dave. What's bigger news around Aaron Rodgers? The fact that it looks like the Raiders have cleared out the number twelve with Zay Jones taking number seven, or the fact that it looks like on his vacation in Hawaii that uh, Yoko Woodley cannot sing. Yeah, that's troubling. Um, I guess she's not like a, what do they call it, the triple threat with the singing, dancing, acting. A she for effort, act. though. A for effort and A for effort on the song that she chose because she was trying to do shallow karaoke. Oh, boy. Hmm. That's, that's a challenge. That's, that's a, a tough challenge. one. What about, the, a- uh, 12, what about the 12 to 7? I don't think it's a big deal. I think Zay Jones is one number seven. They they made they made those numbers available now for single digits for the wide receivers, so he switched. Uh, not really a big deal. Uh, Shailene Woodley and Aaron Rodgers traveling with that dude who was her co-star is weird. I don't know who that guy is. Miles Teller? He's apparently been her co-star a couple I, things. 
I know his wife is blowing up because she's the one posting all the Instagram stuff. It's like it's yeah. something like Kaylee or I don't know what her name is, but I was looking at it earlier. So, well, to me, she's the biggest star of the whole group. Why is that? Look at the photos. Oh, you're saying attractiveness? Yeah. I thought uh, I thought Yoko looked pretty fit. They were at some kind of waterfall. Uh, Rogers was all ripped up. He was sucking in his gut. It's good luck. He's having fun. <laughs> Definitely having luck. fun. Yes. Uh, Golden Knights hockey is on the way over on Fox Sports. Las Vegas, 1340, 98.9 FM. We're back tonight with our podcast at 9 o'clock at Steve Cofield.